You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 164. Well, it doesn't really matter this time, does it? No, there is no side, because there's only one. There can be only one. Yes. We're not talking about Highlander. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. It's going to be the hap, hap, happiest podcast since uh, Fred Astaire danced with Danny fucking K. Thank you. Ruined it. <laughs> you can just edit that out, right? Sure, but I have to release this in like an hour, so. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, I don't like taking an hour to release anything. Oh. Yeah, you do. Anyway, my name is Clark Christmas, and I am joined by my lovely wife, Ellen. Hi, Sparky. Thank you. Happy Festivus, Rob. It is actually Festivus tonight. Is We're it recording. another made-up holiday? It is. We are recording two days before Christmas. It is Festivus, and I've got a lot of problems with you people. And you're going to hear about it. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. But remember, Merry Christmas as well. And hope everyone is out there having fun and safe and listening to this, driving to fun, safe family events. So that's all I got to say about that. This week, we're doing stuff a little bit differently. If you guys are regular listeners, of course, we usually do an episode that's of you know, reviews of some modern things or things that just came out or stuff we maybe didn't get around to talking about. And then the next episode we release is an episode where we review a movie from the past or the 80s or the 90s or the 70s or whatever we end up doing, or possibly a bad shark movie from two years ago. But yeah. But uh, this week we are talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, maybe all-time favorite comedies, all-time favorite family films. It is 1989's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, and it's so much fun. I, uh, yep. So, Rob, let's talk about spoilers. Spoilers. There's, there's going to be some. But you know what? This movie came out in, what, 1989? Yep, definitely 1989. So suck it up, Nancy. We are going to talk a little bit about some news, Nancy. <laughs> someone someone out there named Nancy is going to be like, I was going to be annoyed at spoilers, and then I wasn't. But you said mean things about my name. Here's an email. Oh, that'll be the first one? No, we have gotten a few. We actually have gotten some. Oh, we have. But, yeah, our listeners are fairly shy, but we've gotten a few a few uh, emails. You told me like ten minutes ago that yeah, we yeah. hadn't. Yeah, well, we didn't. We haven't gotten any emails from random people, from la- random listeners. We've gotten emails from people that I already know, or oh. from people, you know, people that have commented on various things. And now, now they do that in the chat room, so the the emails are a little bit less. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about some news. You actually have a bunch of uh, uh, stuff in here about video games, so go, let's go ahead and do that. 
I do. So I saw a couple of news snippets because being that I am still without a PS5, I've been following it a little bit just to uh, check on some things. And I came across one that said that Cyberpunk 2077 has now officially been removed from the Sony store. Uh, now, this was the game that I reviewed, I think, just last week. Actually. Yes. And they are issuing full refunds for it. And I don't know if it was the 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 fully realistic uh, floppy dong uh, logistics. <laughs> no, no, that was actually that is actually the one thing that works perfectly fine. The giant floppy genitals. Yeah, those work fine. It's everything else that's broken. Yeah. Yeah, and so apparently that's the big issue, is that the game has several very large game-breaking bugs that just makes it unplayable, basically. I, I have run into a few of those. I am not very far in the game. One, because I'm terrible at games. Uh, but at one point... So you have to drive in first person, which is not freaking easy. I'm running over people. I've killed cops by accident. I've well, they shouldn't did... have gotten in your way. Yeah. You know, they were busy there standing on the sidewalk behind a column, minding their own business whenever. <laughs> you found them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but anyway, like at one point you have to kind of drive up and you, you there's like an off ramp kind of thing. And you pull over into like the little, the little side area. But I got out of, I, I couldn't judge because you're looking at a first person. So I got out of the car a little bit early. So I ended up blocking the road. And like, when you do that, it kind of gets a little screwed up because the cars start piling up behind you and they're beeping and driving around and stuff like that. And it kind of messed up the the uh, the cutscene kind of thing. So, like, I got back in the car to try to move forward. So it made it a little easier to, like, get to the person I needed to get to. And as soon as you get in the car and then, like, press the button to get it to move forward, just like an inch or whatever it makes you get out of the car and it activates the cutscene again. So like I was kind of stuck there. And then when the guy finally decided he could get into the car, he just walked through the hood because he wasn't. You're like, worried. why the hell couldn't you have done that before? Like literally walked right through the center of the engine block and then sat down next to the door, like on the outside of the door, like, like wonder woman in like in a gunner seat. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, uh, like, ah, these are the, the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony has issued an, I don't know if they issued an apology or whatnot, but they are issuing full refunds for this game. And the makers of the game, CD Project Red, right? Yeah. They tried to send out, or they tried to issue a, uh, a plea to please be patient with us. A patch is coming. Just wait for the patch. We know you paid $70 for this game that's a piece of crap because it doesn't work. And we released an unfinished product. But but please be patient with us, even though we we had you pay $70 for nothing. And and you you know me. That's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to video games is releasing shit that you can't actually play. And then having to patch it day one to make it playable. You know what? Why don't you play test your shit? Mm -hmm. Test it. Make sure it works. 
and then give me a, a working finished product. Don't don't give me a product that I've got to download a bunch of crap for because you can't be bothered to put in the work to make it work. Yeah, this one's a little bit of a perfect storm. They're trying to make it work on every system because it's coming out at the tail end of one system and the beginning of another system that no one can get their hands on, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we're talking about in that in a second. And it makes it more difficult on, on a lot of fronts. Apparently it works very well on the PS4 Pro. I don't have one of those because I'm not a big fan of buying the same system again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like this one is one of those that you actually like, you know where my, my game systems are. It's in that like metal cabinet and I have to play it with the doors open or else my system will overheat. overheat. Fan, it's, yeah, it goes like crazy. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do that refund thing. I haven't decided yet. I have the physical copies. So I'm not even sure if I can. Mm. So I think CD Projekt Red actually ended up offering refunds. Like if you want one, you can reach out to them and and they may issue the refund as well. Okay, maybe I, I don't know, we'll see. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do a PS5. Not because it's not available, but just... just cost. I, it's not even cost, it's just, I haven't really... When I, I know when I get the PS5, I'm gonna, my PS4 is going to be mentally kind of dead to me. Mm-hmm. And I still have like four games that I need to play on that. Right. So, it's not really worth buying a whole other system when I still want to finish the Avengers, I still want to finish a couple other games that I have. Well, but keep in mind, it's for 95% of the PS4 library is supposed to be backward compatible. <laughs> so that might be good. So, so anyway, if you have Avengers, you get a free copy of the PS5 version. Okay. That's that was one it. of the things that they said. Okay. That'd be worth it. So now, speaking of PS5s. Speaking of PS5s. Rob, can you, you just say you have a lot of problems with those people? I got a lot of problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it. So the, I I don't know any other way to say this other than some data has come out that shows that PS5 game sales are kind of sluggish. And I'm like, no shit. Really? You know why? game sales are sluggish because scalpers don't buy fucking games. That's why game sales are sluggish. And they still have a lot of systems that haven't been sold. And the the preliminary numbers suggest that less than one third of all PS5 sold have actually bought a game. I love like now, uh, I don't want to say it's unrelated data, but I love data like that. I now, think it's part so of that, part of that is likely because there are a bunch of PS5s that are Christmas presents, meaning the kids have not opened them yet, so they haven't been turned on. They've just been waiting to be given for Christmas. So I imagine a lot of those num- that number will increase. But there's also a large percentage of them, larger than what it should be, that haven't that have been sold, but haven't been sold yet. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about those effing scalpers that have them sitting on the website saying, "Hey, I've got it for six times the price. If you want it for Christmas, buy it now." Fuck you, scalpers. 
Um, and one of the things that I find telling, well, maybe not quite so telling, but in that same article, they talk about how the new Spider-Man game, which is supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. I haven't seen it. I haven't played it. I don't know. The new Spider-Man game. There's a spider cat. That's all you need to know. Ooh. The new Spider-Man game has sold 70% fewer copies than the previous Spider-Man game. Part of that is because scalpers don't buy games. The other part is... Wasn't there a big fiasco with Spider-Man not offering a PS5 version if you bought the PS4 version? Which means nobody's effing buying it for PS4 because they're waiting for the damn PS5. Is there even a PS4 version? Spider-Man Miles Morales is, in fact, available on the PS4 and the PS5. And if I remember correctly, there was there was a, a little uproar with people being mad that if you bought it on PS on PS4, it wasn't you couldn't upgrade to PS5 or whatever. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. I don't know. But the point is, is now you're, you're I'm assuming you're you're remembering it right. There's there is some reason that I just I didn't run out and buy it for PS4. So, but the reason is, is people that is. are waiting to buy it on the PS5 that nobody can friggin' get their hands on. So, you know what? I really, I really, really hope that these big companies sit up and take notice of this. Because the only way that they're going to take notice of this is if it hurts their bottom line. And yes, Sony has broken records with their console sale, with this console. They have broken, they have broken records. They've sold the most consoles or they've made the most money or something with this console release in history. Yet, they're not making the money on what they really make their money on because consoles are loss leaders, are they not? Most of the time, yes. Consoles are loss leaders, and where they make their money is on game sales, peripherals, and licensing. Yeah. Yeah, licensing, peripherals, and all that shit. And if they're not selling any of that stuff, they're losing their cash cow. So maybe if they take a big enough hit in their pocketbook, they'll sit up, take notice, and then they'll actually make some kind of effing effort to help the consumers not get effed over by these scammers, by the by the scalpers. You say, look, we've got to put this we've got to put these items in the hands of the consumers who are actually going to buy other product. Because the scalpers aren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, just a second ago, you said um, people are going to get effed over. Uh, what did you mean by effed? They're going to get fucked. Thank you. Okay. That leads into my news story right there. Thank you for the help with the segue. Right before I logged on here, <clears throat> I got an ad that popped up that there is a new show coming to uh, Netflix called The History of Swear Words. Ooh. Which looks hilarious, uh, and it starts. And if that right there isn't enough to make you watch, the host is Nicolas Cage. Oh God! 
And the opening of the little ad is him just screaming, fuck. Now, it's quite, quite glorious. Now, my question is, is I have heard for years certain theories about how these words came about. And, and it, it was my understanding that nobody actually knew where or when the first usage of these words was. And nobody knew how they came about. It was all pure speculation. Now, is that essentially what this show is? Is the show pure speculation? Or do I'm they actually sure, have concrete all evidence? I've, all I've seen is a trailer, but they do have – it looked like they had a combination of uh, comedians and actual historians. There, But it, they do that thing where there's, like, clever editing to where, like, they show on the screen that, like, the word fuck is uh, fornication under command of the king or something like that. I've heard that, but I've also heard something else. Yeah, for unlawful carnal knowledge. Exactly. Well, and but they do that thing where they cut, and you see some person sitting in front of a bunch of books or something like that, saying, "Well, that's a bunch of horseshit." So I don't know if that is related to one thing or the other because it was all editing. So. And then, of course, the word "shit." You know where that comes from, right? Or where I where I, I mean where I've heard uh, it from my cousin Shithid. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Spelled uh, shithead. Yes. I do not know. But I'm going to watch the show and find out. Do, do the, you know where they supposedly come well, from? Well, the one that I've always heard, whether or not it's accurate or not, is that when you when they used to ship manure by boat, if it got wet, it smelled significantly worse. So they didn't want to put it on the floor where it could possibly get wet. So they always stamped it with or they always wrote on it, ship high in transit. Uh, so it wasn't on the floor getting wet. Interesting. I'm going to go with that, but I'm, I'm going to watch the show and find out. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. And you would think that, you know, longshoremen or shippers from in whatever year this was that you're talking about would be the ones that would pass swear words along. So. Yeah. Oh, this would have been back in the days of like wooden chips and shit. Oh, okay. And shit. Yeah. The shit wasn't wooden back then. No. It was probably a lot grosser back then and everywhere, but and they know. wanted it to be high. Yes. So they put weed in it. Exactly. Speaking uh, there's really no speaking. I can't tra- segue into this. Uh Florida is a weird place with a bunch of terrible people doing terrible things getting oh, caught you skipped and then my last note there. I did because um, I, I'm not happy. I'm not uh, thrilled with people with my performance of Aunt Bethany in the high school oh, okay. remake of Christmas Vacation. Okay, but you know it's, it was a good performance, and I know I won many awards for it, as well as the all of the other high school girls would throw their other high school girls. All the high school girls were throwing their under things onto the stage. The other after, high school girls. No, yes. you had it right. <laughs> after my performance as Aunt Bethany in our high school remake. But, you know, I've moved on from that. And the rocket's red glare. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> She's fantastic. Anyway, so, yeah, we live in a state. It's called Florida. It is. There's people that do weird, terrible things. Always. But occasionally. Occasionally. Like in the month of December where Rob has decided that we need to do nice Florida stories. Oh. And I have taken him up on this. Oh. We're going to applaud Mike Esmond. 
Mike Esmond. He is a business owner from Golf Breeze. I do not know what business he owns, but I would uh, I would use that business if I could. And uh, he reached out to the local, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, utilities company. Mm, I did hear about this. And asked which people were, he had a budget, I guess, in mind. He asked who uh, is in most uh, dire need of help paying off their bill because their, their power is about to get shut off. And they told him, they gave him 115 names. The total of those bills were $7,600. And he paid off all 114 families' bills for Christmas. This is uh, after last year doing 136 bills. 114. Well, the one I have is 114 in this uh, story. Uh, Totaling $7,600. Last year, he did this for 36 people. That's $4,600. But um, he did it last year because of uh, Hurricane Sally. He heard a bunch of people in his area. Oh, he actually owns a uh, a swimming pool construction business. Oh, so well, I can't use him because I already did that this year. But Clark is Clark Griswold could. Mm, he totally could if they accept Jam of the or Jelly of the Month Club payments. But and who who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. that's the gift that keeps giving all year. Yes, it is the gift that keeps on giving all year. Uh, actually, people have started to donate money. Uh, trying or tried to donate money to him, and he's like, "Look, I'm good. Uh, just do this in your house. You know, do this in your area." So people from California, Chicago, and Tampa have been trying to send him money to do the same thing, and they're like, "He's like, you can do it. Just call up your local utilities company and and do it." Well, um, I think the problem is is that nobody wants to spend that much, but everybody chipping in a little bit will help as well. Yeah, true. But uh, he, you know, he says that he really likes making people happy because he makes, you know, swimming pools, which make people happy. And he wanted to do something else. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Esmond, Mike Esmond, you are a Florida man that is doing good and hopefully not stopping in between. Ending up in the news for the right reasons. Yeah, not, you know, having sex with alligators. (sighs) So, Rob. You're you're in trouble. Oh shit! Have I been replaced? No, you've not been replaced. But for once, you are actually—I mean, you do it. You guys are fifty-fifty usually, but you are going to uh, have to go up against no one in our yearly Christmas tradition quiz. Oh God! Because last year, you guys did—you and Jimmy together did very poorly on the traditions quiz. Now you don't even have Jimmy to lean on. <laughs> oh shit! So, for longtime listeners, last year I decided to make up Christmas traditions from around the world and mix them in with real ones to see if you guys could guess which were real ones, which were fake ones. A lot of the fake ones were actually names of IKEA furniture, but no oh god, we uh, I have found thirteen more. Uh, 13 more traditions. This is going to be horrible. All right, let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. We are going to start up with Pavunchki. Pavunch- and you have to tell if this is real or fake. Pavunchki is a traditional Ukrainian Christmas spider that is used to explain why there's tinsel on the Christmas tree. Is that real? Or fake. That's fake. That is absolutely real. 
Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> After that name, I I was like, there's no way this is real. There's no... Pavunchki actually is the Ukrainian name for Little Spider. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm so terrible. <clears throat> Kleinerin. This is an Amish tradition where children are given a small elf and they have to whittle the elf hat off of it. Uh, the winner gets a small gift if, you know, whoever does it fastest. And it is usually uh, a new whittling knife, although recently it's, you know, it's a little bit of problems handing a child a knife. Not real Amish. Real or fake? Real or fake? I'm going to say real. That one is fake. I made that up completely. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Oh. I made that one up because I had to talk about the Pennsylvania Amish, Amish country. Just because, you know, that's where I'm from. So not Amish country, but I'm from Pennsylvania, so I wanted to get some Amish stuff in there. <clears throat> Santa son. Why, why did you block your camera? Because I was smirking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to smirk and give it away. Santa-san. This is the Japanese tradition in which Japanese people eat Kentucky Fried Chicken presided over by Santa-san, which is uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Colonel Sanders dressed like Santa. It's fake. 100% real. Yeah, are you shitting me? Yep. How did KFC become part of a Christmas I found this and I I actually had to find it in multiple places. <laughs> Colonel Sanders dressed as Santa? Really? Yep. yep. You're, so you're shit. That can't be real. Back in the day, KFC, people didn't know what it was. And I, the story goes that this guy that was like a, either a marketer for the Japanese version of KFC or a, I don't know, he had something to do with it. He basically brought a bunch of KFC to uh, to some kindergartens, and the kids like loved it. And then it became like a Christmas thing. And it is so it is one of the most difficult things in the world in Japan is to actually get KFC on Christmas. They actually have to get reservations to go into a KFC in Japan on Christmas. And they of course advertise it with Santa San, and you can it is uh, Santa hyphen San. Okay. Matak. Oh, shut up! That's Klingon. That's fake. This is a, a Greenland, a Greenlandish Green Greenlanders eat a meal consisting of whale blubber and a small Arctic bird wrapped in seal skin that is buried for several months, and then you eat the decomposed flesh. Real or fake? I'm gonna say fake. Also real. Oh my god. You have yet to I fucking hate this game. <laughs> this is disgusting. What? They eat decomposing decomposing flesh? Decomposing bird. Yeah, they eat a whale blubber meal that and then they also eat a an a small Arctic bird. I forget which Arctic bird it was because I left it out of my description because I didn't want to like be so specific. That is that's fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I hate this game. 
Okay, ready? Panin sana kute. This is, I I'm probably did not pronounce that correctly. Panin sana kute, an Estonian family tradition where they go into a, a traditional Estonian smoke sauna. Uh, where the family members all gather nude in a windowless, smoke-filled sauna before heading out to church. Is this real or fake? Nude family members in a smoke-filled room. I would... Jesus. Before going to church? Do yeah. they go to church naked? No, no, no. They, I'm, well, I assume so. I don't know. I'm not Estonian. I yeah. would... S- I would say that's fake, so it's got to be real. You are right. That is absolutely <laughs> real. <laughs> I went with the opposite of my gut and got it right. <laughs> so stupid. And the entire family piles into the smoke-filled sauna. The only thing good is the fact that it has no windows. So, you know, you're not sitting in there with naked grandma. I don't know. It depends on what your neighbors look like. Your family. Your family. <laughs> Well, but if you can see your neighbors doing it too. That's true. Waving to your neighbor's daughter as she walks out to the sauna. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to hop into the family sauna with an erection when you pop down next to mom. I just think that doesn't, you know. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about uh, La Befana. La Befana is an old witch that was too busy to join the wise men on their trip to see Jesus, so she's cursed to deliver presents to Italian children. To Italian children? Yes. She's a an old crone that delivers presents to Italian children. That makes sense. I would guess that's real, so I'm going to say it's fake. That was real, so you got it wrong. Oh, oh fuck. My strategy backfired! <laughs> Problem is you're too oh. logical, and none of these are. Oh my god. Okay. Let's see if I get this one right. Schnickelfritz. The Polish tradition where a bowl of cut oranges are placed on a table along with a special gift. If a child eats the oranges, the family plays a game where they try to figure out which child did it. If they guess wrong, the culprit gets to keep the gift. If they guess right, the person who found the empty bowl keeps the gift. Schnickelfritz. Sure, why not? That was completely made up by me. <laughs> and to be honest, that was Schnickelfritz was the nickname my grandmother gave me as a child. It is Yiddish for like little devil. That that sounds a whole lot more fun than piling into a sauna with your naked family. True. I mean, I, did, I actually made that up. So Schnickelfritz was the nickname my grandmother gave me. She found out when I was little that I liked oranges, and there was never a day when she was visiting or that I was visiting her that she did not wake me up with a bowl of oranges. So I did this in honor of her. Um, and uh, yeah, so there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I suck at this game. I am so terrible. Or I'm just good at making up fake shit. How, how many more do I have? Uh, well, but all the ones I've guessed wrong have been real. <laughs> Except for that one. Uh, let's see. You got uh, you got uh, one, two, three, four, five left. Six left. 
Go faster. Uh, Ikfa Hadir. It's an Egyptian tradition where presents are hidden throughout the house and the neighborhood. Uh, this harkens back to the uh, 40s through the 1980s when Christmas was considered illegal in Egypt. And they had to hide things. Ikfa Hadir. It sounds like it should be real. So fake. is that that is fake? I made that up. Ah, oh, yes, I got another one. Oh, let's see, gorilla. This is uh, Gorilla the Christmas Witch. She is a an ogress who lives in Iceland, and she attacks nearby towns. Snatching up misbehaving children from a broom. So Christmas Eve, children all over Norway hide their family's brooms from Gorilla the Christmas Witch. Real or fake? Oh, don't let me down. I'm going to say real. That is real. Ah, oh, yes! Sabrina the Teenage Witch, baby. Woo! Was she, did she hide a broom? No, she was a she was actually a character on the uh the, Yeah, the new the new um the the new adventures of Sabrina or whatever it is, the the one on Netflix. Ah, that's nice. Okay. Gorilla like Gorilla and her Yule lads. She stole children and shit. Nice. Uh, let's see. Kalik Kansaroy. Kalik Kansaroy. Greek goblins that come out during the 12 days of Christmas, spoiling food and urinating in the family gardens. You have to scare them off by hanging the jawbone of a pig above your door. That sounds so dumb. It's got to be real. Absolutely real. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call it a comeback. Okay. Butty. A Czech, Czech, like Czechoslovakia, or Czech, mm-hmm. shoe-throwing tradition. Single women will throw shoes at their own house, and if it lands facing the house, that means that they are going to get married soon. Fake. That is, that is real. Oh, fuck. Real. <laughs> and weird. Yeah. Okay. Let's see, we just doing that one. That one, I'm doing these out of order. El Sweater Navereño. Chilean tradition. Where the family women knit an ugly sweater for family members that have wronged them throughout the year. If the family member wears the sweater, he or she has made amends. Or, compensar. 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 That sounds an awfully light, an awful lot like an ugly sweater party. I'm gonna say fake. That is fake. Yeah. That is, that is made up by my child. <laughs> That's made up. You got that one because it was made up by a seven year old. <laughs> nice. Good job. Good one though. I was I was proud of him. So I like, help because I was running out of ideas. Last one, I think. Uh, Pahoho. Poa Poa. Hawaiian tradition, 
where the bad cho- where bad children are given a lava rock instead of coal. As it is considered bad luck to remove lava rocks from the Hawaiian volcanoes, the children have to bring them back with their family. And that is their punishment. Man, so not only do they not get a present, they get a lava rock, and they gotta take it back? Or they have have a lifetime curse, yeah. Jeez, they're not playing. I'm gonna say that's real. That is fake. I made that one up. Man, fuck you. I hate this (laughs) game. There's another one that wouldn't fit our, our thing. Uh, did you know that the word mistletoe, the origins of the word mistletoe, is actually poop on a stick? The The word mistletoe, the um, the word misel means dung, because they used to find the red berries amongst bird poop. Uh-huh. So they thought that it was like poop. And then stick is comes from the word ton or twig. So mistletoe actually means poop on a stick. So if you are ever see someone underneath a poop of a poop on a stick, you can kiss them. So there you go. Let's see what you got right. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven wrong. And one, two, three, four. It's five, yeah. And six right. Good job. Booyah! So that is our traditions quiz. Hope you had fun out there. And, you know, I guess it's uh, some of our own weird traditions we're going to talk about later aren't too terrible. So is it time to talk about one of the best Christmas movies ever made? I I think we should talk about one of the best Christmas movies ever made. Uh, so we are going to talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation here. Uh, but first... Uh, well, let's, we'll do the Patreon. A word from later. our sponsors. Yeah, first a word from our sponsors. Guys, we have a Patreon. Uh, <laughs> let's just do it. Fuck We're going to do it. All right. Yeah. We'll run that right in there. So uh, our patrons are awesome, and uh, they get a chance to we, they keep the show going. You know, they help us with the show. They give us ideas. They give us uh, uh, movies to watch and stuff to listen to, and we chat they with them. They guest star from time to time. Yeah, they guest star from time to time. Um and uh, it's only $5 to join our Discord chat and to be kind of part of this. You get a chance. To, there's a bunch of different things you can check out at patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Uh, they even got to go to the wedding of the year. Which uh, we, ha- we have a third host normally. And his name is Jimmy. Although we usually give him a different name whenever we, we do our opening. But he got married this past weekend. It was a good time. I've heard some things about Rob's dancing. We call him Spangle McDangleberry. Sometimes, uh, you know, we had a, had a little, uh, a little safe wedding. Uh, some, some jackass left early before the, the food, but you know, I, I, I gathered my, my man purse up and left, but, um, I had a great time. Is and that was, what you call your scrotum? Yeah. My man purse. And, uh, but it was awesome seeing everybody. There was a couple, couple patrons there, um, which was awesome meeting you know, meeting them in person. Mm-hmm. And it was great seeing seeing Jimmy. I haven't seen him since I think the last time I saw Jimmy was in a parking lot of a Target with you as we did our great toy exchange. Yeah, like, the, the prisoner July. exchange. Yeah. Um, and I got but, to go out on the dance floor with Adri. Nice, nice. But yeah, I heard someone, like she actually said that you could, she was like, no joke, Rob could cut it up. Yeah, I can dance a little bit. Yeah. So. I dance he, and sing, baby. I'm a triple threat. 
<laughs> What's Although the other that's thing a double threat. Yeah, Shut it's up. a double threat. <laughs> Why are you calling me out, Greg? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that was... Uh, so congratulations to Jimmy. He will be back soon. Uh, he's currently enjoying uh, his new lovely place. wife and not having to deal with us. So anyway, let's talk about this movie. My favorite Christmas movie, one of my favorite comedies. And as I said before, probably one of my favorite family movies. This is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was released December 1st, 1989. It was the first feature film directed by Jeremiah Chechik. It was written by John Hughes. It starred Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, and then some. There were some classic actors in here that played the the grandparents and the the aunts and uncles and stuff. John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, uh, William Hickey, and May May Questall, which Rob has been quoting earlier. Uh, also Randy Quaid, uh, pre-Insanity, and uh, Miriam Flynn, whose voice sounds familiar, and it occurs to me, because I actually watched this twice. I watched it once without the commentary and once with the commentary. Uh, Miriam Flynn is uh, Catherine. She is the voice of all of the cartoon characters' mothers that you only hear the voice from off screen. Like when like Tasmanian Devil's mom is like, Taz, you shouldn't break that, you know. That's her. <laughs> so if it's a if it's a cartoon character's mom, that is uh, Miriam Flynn. Was she? So she was Randy Quaid's wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cat, who is way too accepting. Uh, I'm just going to say this because the 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 music was actually we usually don't talk about this, but the music was done by Angelo Baldamente. Uh, he is he had a darker. Uh, catalog of music that he did so they actually picked him to do this because to kind of raise the tension level up and he did uh, the music in this really kind of helps build the build the movie mm-hmm. and the synopsis of this movie as if you guys have never seen it because it's been on every year on nbc for years and years and years uh, the griswold family's plans for a big family christmas predictably turn into a big disaster i love this movie rob uh, how familiar are you with it like, have you seen it in a while? Is it? I hadn't. I hadn't seen it. In fact, I was surprised I didn't own it. I thought I owned it. I actually had to go out and buy it. So I went out and bought it just because it's one that I that I'm perfectly comfortable having in my own personal collection. It would be. I would be f- very hard pressed to figure out a movie that you are not comfortable having in your own collection. You've you've seen some things. You've. Uh, well, there there are definitely weird. movies that I don't feel like I have to go out and buy. Christmas porn movies. Oh no, I have all of those. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. For some, there's something about this movie that I usually watch at Christmas Eve. Uh, I am a night owl, so there there is something about this movie. It just, I think one of my favorite things about the holidays, and there was a there was a guy I actually saw a little Twitter thread that he did, and he is a. I'm not sure what what he is or what he does, but he's he's a writer of some sort and. He is from he's from the Middle East, and he's been li- he's been living in America. I guess his green card is expiring or something. And he said that because he is going to be leaving America, and this is going to be his last Christmas here, he wants he wanted to have the full Christmas experience. So his roommates is, are helping him, and he was he didn't realize he thought it was like oh I want to do Christmas, so 
on the 24th and 25th, I'm going to be busy. But his roommates are running him through the paces. So it's like mm-hmm. where where he's like, I didn't realize you guys basically treat Christmas like it's a, a month long job. You know, from from right after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, through seeing Santa, putting up lights, you know, buying cards, sending out cards. You're like it's a it's a full time job. And this movie kind of treats that whole section of of the Christmas experience. And that's one of the reasons I love it, especially being a you know Jewish kid that never really got to do that. Mm-hmm. I do it a little bit now, but if I don't do something, it's not like I'm ruining a big family tradition. Right. Like, oh, I really don't feel like putting up the lights this year. Okay. Whereas I know, I know from, you know, being in high school, there were friends of mine that were like, oh, I can't go out. Why? I got to take out the Christmas tree and get it fluffed. You know, the, the artificial Christmas tree. Like, how long does that take? He's like, you don't understand. If I don't fluff the tree right, my mom's going to freak out. So, and I'm not sure how, how intense your family was about Christmas. Cause I, I know it's your favorite holiday, right? Yeah. Your favorite time of year. Yeah. Um, we, we never were like super wacko about it. I mean, we didn't do a lot of like outdoor decorations and stuff like that. We, we put up the tree, we decorated the tree. That was something that we did. Put up the, Chris- uh, put up the Christmas spider. Yes. The Christmas spider and the, and the tinsel. Yeah. Brought back um, Christmas lava rock to Hawaii. And, and my mom and I would put up the Christmas village. You know, we've been doing that for quite a few years. Um, but other than that, no, we, we didn't get super, super crazy about it. I've, I've never been one to send out Christmas cards. I, I don't do cards in general, so. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not a big fan of cards because, you know, big, big card is trying to get us to spend six bucks on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Screw them. So. But anyway, let's talk about this movie. Uh, I'm trying, like, when writing down notes on this, you'll see I have, like, a whole... I look like a freaking reporter. I got, like, pages after pages. I'm not... I don't want to, like, recap the whole thing here. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot I learned about this movie. And every... You know, since I watch it every year, there's new things I see each time. But, you know, from the opening animation with the kind of jaunty National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation song... Um, it just, it really puts you in the the right mood in my mind. Uh, this movie was uh, filmed in multiple places actually. And it was filmed in uh, Chicago for some of the city shots, Breckenridge for all the outdoor snow shots. Well, not all of them, but like where they went and got their tree and shit. Yeah. Where they got the tree and where they went sledding. Um, although any of the in, so when they're driving to get the tree, any of the in car shots, was actually a, a back screen, like a, a fake movie oh, screen. Right, a back lot. Yeah. And the house was on the Warner back lot. Uh, and so all of the snow there was actually completely fake. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, marble dust and cotton and potato flakes or whatever they do. Um, so it's interesting. Like, I will say that w- listening to the, to the commentary, I came away very impressed with Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. She, she do her movie history like down flat. Really? Like she would be like so I'll just an example where we'll get to it eventually, but when when he falls off the roof and grabs onto the gutter and he's hanging there, she's like, Oh, that's like Buster Keaton. And the director, he's like, Yeah, I, I actually mimic that entire scene based on Buster Keaton 
uh, you know, because it was his first film. He's like, you can't go wrong by mimicking some of the best. And it's like, but she would like knew, she knew like the history of like the Steadicam. Like, because it was, was one of the early movies that used the Steadicam um, for the handheld shot. Um, they do it, uh, the shot when all the relatives get there and they're like in the, uh, the like foyer. Mm-hmm. All the relatives are like trying to kiss the kids and like, oh, and the one mom is like, you know, is this, this look infected to you? And like, they're doing all that. So they had to get in close to the people. And she's like, oh, this is a ver- this is like a really early use of the steady cam. Like, damn, like it was impressive. So Beverly Angela likes her, likes her classic film stuff. Um, what I think the other, one of the other reasons I really like this movie is going to be the, just the whole Clark Griswold trying to make everything perfect. Oh, just, just the, the litany of failures that he has the mm-hmm. the the best, the best laid plans, so to speak, or the best intentions and just everything's going wrong. And he's slowly losing his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the family, you know, you, you know it's a family because they're all like, don't freak out, Dad. He's like, I'm not going to freak out. When do I ever freak out? <laughs> Weddings, anniversaries, birthdays. California for a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool because you like, even though they've changed the kids every year, like every one of these movies, it's had different kids. Uh, they changed the, in the like that's kind of the ongoing joke. In fact, they changed the ages of the kids this time because in the first movies, Russ was actually older than Audrey. Mm-hmm. First two movies, and this one they flipped it with no, right. no one paying attention to that. And uh, but like it, they, they hint at like the stuff that is in movie is not in movies that you kind of want to see. Um, you mentioned the the Christmas tree like acquisition mm-hmm. and, and best laid plans, you know, like he wanted to get a real Christmas tree and go and cut it down himself and froze his daughter. Mm-hmm. Her eyelids were frozen open. <laughs> She'll have to see it later, Clark. Uh, on the way there, you know, he does the stupid thing where he gives the middle finger to a bunch of, uh, of uh, like local yokels in a Her truck. Release. Yeah. That truck look familiar? It kind of looked like um, Tucker and Dale's truck. Nope. It is from a movie that you that you love, though. Ooh. Is, Do tell. Is the truck from They Live. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And from, uh, I think, Overboard. Uh, That's his work truck? Yeah. So it's the same truck. Nice. Uh, that sequence where, so if Clark gives the finger to these local hillbillies, they come back, they, you know, tailgate him, whatever he, and he ends up pulling underneath like a giant tree truck, like logging truck. That was actually, they did that for real. I mean, obviously the stars weren't in the car, but they did that for real, which I thought was cool. Um, the, mm-hmm. the actually of the car driving, like jumping over the sand, the snow and crashing through the Christmas tree sign. Mm-hmm. That was done for real too. The problem they actually said the problem with this was that the the truckster that they used had front wheel drive, so all of the weight was in the front of the car. So as soon as as soon as it those front wheels cleared the jump, 
it had no more power anymore and it would just bottom out. So they had to find a way to launch the thing into it. They actually said it was one of the more difficult shots to do. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, just from that sequence on and it's just like, okay, ready. It's the holiday season. You got your tree. Let's, you know, let's move on. Uh, it also introduced me to a pre uh, Seinfeld Julia, the Wee Dreyfus. Yeah. And I, I love the yuppies. Uh, heroes or villains? Who, oh. the yuppies? Yes. Um, I'm going to say that they were villainous victims. That is probably accurate. Because you could be like, oh, there's these pain in the asses. They're, you know, they're, they're assholes. But if your neighbor was Clark Griswold, you know, doing something stupid every week to break your house and smash your windows and do whatever you'd be like. "Eh." Yeah. I don't, I don't know that, that, well, the, the guy seemed all right, but Julie, Julie Louis-Dreyfus's character was really kind of a bitch. And. She was she was a bit a bit over the top. She was kind of villainous, but she was in fact a victim in this movie. Mm-hmm. So and she got, but she she got was she was on the face and a dog. She was evil enough that you really didn't mind that she got treated like crap. Mm-hmm. This was kind of like that tail end of the eighties when there was that hate for yuppies and like they made their house so cold and like oh Christmas is so cliche mm-hmm. you know they had the perfect cd player that was like all fancy and streamlined and like yeah i see what you mean <laughs> but like if you had that neighbor it would suck and yeah you know they were cold unpleasant people i mean the whole the whole thing with like where are you gonna stick a tree that big <laughs> bend over i'll show you yeah glorious um i think another uh, I keep on saying what I like about this movie because I love it, but there is so many little kind of jokes that you might not catch like on first watch that, I mean, this one's a little bigger, but there's a couple other ones I ha- that I'll, I'll see a new joke each time, but the, when he's, the com the comedic timing of when he's stuck in the tree and he's like trying to convince his family that, yeah, no, the tree's fine. It's not too big for the living room. And it's like a lot of sap. Lot, lot of sap, little full, a lot of sap. Or <laughs> like, and then like afterwards when he's sitting stuck, in bed, stuck to the magazine, yes, and stuck to his wife's hair and the lamp, just like, and it's like they started off casual, and it's like the Chevy Chase physical humor, and like I've read a lot of books about comedians, mm-hmm. and Chevy Chase is a pain in the ass. Oh, I've I've heard that as well. He's very difficult to work with. He he is one of the few. Of the group of comedians from the, the late 70s, early 80s that grew up wealthy. So he was that, he's that kid that wanted to be a comedian and could go out and be a comedian because if he failed, it didn't matter. Whereas a lot of the other people were middle class and if they went out and tried to be a comedian and failed, you know, that was it. You missed it. You missed college. You're doing something, you know, that you don't want to be doing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's and stuff like that. So he he was kind of considered a pain in the ass, and that has continued. He you know continued in the community, um, continued with a bunch of other things, you know. But the this movie, like, you cannot deny the comedic, like the physical comedy, like the pulling the lamp, doing the you know just 
when he pushes when he's in the attic and he pushes the window of the attic and it flips down and smacks him in the top of the head like just little things like that it's like oh this is why well this is why he had a back pill addiction in the 80s but mm-hmm. also why he was so freaking good um and also he did you know i, I don't want to only say bad things because he did take johnny galecki under his wing apparently and johnny galecki of course uh what what is it what's the uh, big bang theory right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as roseanne and a bunch of other stuff uh he was just getting started i think he was 11 or 13 when this was being made okay and he chevy chase wanted to teach him some comedic timing stuff so the other two movies that were being filmed on in the studio when they filmed this do you want to try to take a guess 1980 i guess or uh, early 1989 what other two movies were being filmed it was a sequel. Back to the Future? Nope. Ghostbusters 2. Okay. And um, I guess this one's a little harder. Uh, Harlem Nights was being filmed. Oh, okay. Chevy Chase brought Johnny Galecki to those sets and introduced him to all the Ghostbusters for tips and to meet them, and as well as Eddie Murphy and uh, uh, R- Richard Pryor. Nice. So he was, you know, he said that he was the absolute... Uh, they said they actually said the actors all said that Chevy Chase is a great father and that he took him under under his wing like a father. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. Um. Do did you? Well, you've worked in medical field forever, so it's a little different. Forever. Yes, it's a little different because you guys have to be like on fire all the time. Like you can't kind of have that pre-holiday like a. Can we just do this in two weeks and we all get back? Like you can't do that because it can't. Like you can't like have a, someone like coding and be like, "Yeah, I'm some, on vacation." Yeah, there's cookies in the break room. I'm good. I've already checked out. Um, did you Did you ever work in an office before? You went like into medical field. I did. Okay, so do you, you know what I'm talking about though, right? Like the pre-holiday, like, can we get there already? Yeah, and like, I'll care on January sixth, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, this movie is another, like, it kind of ha- gives me that feeling too. Like when he's sitting there playing with a little toy pool, he's like, boing. Oh, oh. yeah. At, at work. Yeah. Well, but, but to be fair, I mean, that was, that was really kind of more of, he was, he was in full out panic mode and depression trying to figure out what he was going to do because he hadn't gotten his bonus yet. Mm-hmm. And he was playing with the pool that he'd already put the down payment on. And not real, not knowing whether or not he was actually going to get the bonus check because it had never arrived. Yeah. And his, his buddy is like, comes in and he's like, are you okay? <laughs> Have you gotten your check yet? Have you gotten your bonus yet? Yeah. And then of course the boss is a complete asshole. Yeah, he is. Line of, of doom. And of course that is Brian Doyle Murray. Brother of. You know, oh, you don't know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Retired. Brian. So this Bill Murray's older brother. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, and, I guess now that you say that, I see the resemblance. Yeah, I, I, that with Alicia too. I'm like, you know, that is right. Um. So it's Brian. Yeah, it's Brian Dormer. He was um part of the I guess the National Lampoon Players in Chicago, mm-hmm. and when he decided to um go out to Hollywood to be an actor, he they're like, well who's going to play all these parts? And he's like, well, my brother is basically just like me. Why don't you 
try him. And he had been a writer and they kind of got him involved. So nice. Um, he's, he's great, man, with the, the kind of scratchy voice. Oh, no, we were watching uh, Wayne's World. That's when he saw him because um, in Wayne's World, Brian Doyle Murray was the, the owner of the video game thing that was advertising on Wayne World. <laughs> like, OK, it's like was I want to say he was he in Scrooged as well with Bill Murray? Probably. I want to say he was. I for some reason I'm picturing him in that movie. So that that um, the where Wayne like says this guy sucks donkey balls or whatever it is. I have proof. Uh, you can't make fun of the sponsor. Uh, yeah, it has one of my favorite parts. The thing I can't do at work anymore. When you walk by a line of people, the Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah thing, kiss your ass. Yeah. Don't forget that report, Bill. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, it's just it, one of those things that's completely out of vogue. Someone would get annoyed out of the seven people you do it to. But it is mm-hmm. glorious. And it's a great, it's just the gotta love shooting down the, uh, the asshole, uh, kiss ass, you know, middle management people. The boss also never gets Clark's name right throughout the entire movie until the very end. Yeah. He calls him Greaseball or Gris- instead of Griswold. Uh, Mark, Chris, just never the whole time. And Clark, and as a result, Clark is kind of like just uh, trying to impress his boss, but at the same time, just like, oh, I hate this guy. And did you notice the presence on the, on the bureau when he brings the present to his boss? They were all were the same. They're exactly the same package, and it's like two packages kind of next to each other. It's like yeah, I wanted to get you something special, and he like has to move all these exact same presents out of the way to put it down. They're they're just wrapped in different paper, but they all look they're all shaped exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I thought that was funny. The uh, this uh, trying to see how to put this. I think we have to talk about the lingerie counter girl. Oh my god! Yeah, it is a bit nipply out. I do nippy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> wiping his wiping his sweat with with the underwear, trying to tuck it in the pocket, and it just falls down. Oh, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, you're wearing your coat. Oh, I am. Why am I doing that? <laughs> Probably because it's cold outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such like there's no human out of the world that is that awkward around women, but it's just perfect for this movie. They just even the the when the sun shows up and he's, she's like showing like how high the underwear goes on it, like look how high it is on the hip. Like can't see any lines, and he's like, I can't see any lines. Can you, Russ? Russ? <laughs> Russ? <laughs> uh oh, what are we looking at here? I see Scrooged. Uh, is, that, is that all the movies? Yeah. yeah. And that voice. Clusters too. Yeah, and that just that. That's another thing. Like, like I do miss about, like, well, one Christmas this year, but Christmas in general. Like, I miss the the craziness of the mall. Like, you don't like crowds as much as me. Yeah, I was never a huge fan of crowds. But, like, I, I, I would just go to the mall just to kind of see, just life. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a big fan of that. Look for just, sales. Not even that. Like, even if I didn't need to buy anything, it's just the. Just I being around the, people. Yeah, I like the creativity a lot of the stores have in like their front windows. 
Um, I like the decorations of the mall, especially Millennium Mall near us. It's beautiful. Kind of like uh, what we go to Halloween Horror Nights for. The decorations and the design of the houses. Yeah, and to, to see people freak out for no reason. Like they're actually going to get murdered by a chainsaw person. Stupid people. Yeah. Which is why someday I will go and murder people with a chainsaw at chain Halloween Horror Nights. It would be the perfect crime. Nobody would ever know. Except for the 800 people that are there. Like, wow, that was really realistic blood spray. <laughs> yeah, but see, then you could disappear into the crowd because um, everybody yeah. would think it was fake. Yeah, except for the fact that I have no desire to murder anyone. I have to work on that. Well, maybe Jimmy. Shh. I'm trying to, trying to make myself seem more innocent. Trying to lull him into a false sense of security. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you're about to go to do a family Christmas event. Is it, uh, is it going to be, uh, you know, just immediate family? Is that what we're doing here? Yes. Yep. Cra you, it, so it's not as crazy as, as, uh, most of the, the fam when the family arrives, that craziness. Oh, that's so great. They're all on the front doorstep arguing. The door opens and immediately everybody's like, Hey, how are you mm -hmm. doing? And I, I love how like homey and goofy Clark's parents are. Like, so proud of them. And you could just tell the disappointment from Ellen's family. Yeah. Like, constantly. You could have done so much better. Yeah, like, you get that, and it's just, it's so typical. It's so, like, and I don't actually have that, which is good. My my in-laws love me and are proud of me. Well, or, that's what so they, they have you think, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, like, and it, it, throughout the whole movie, he's constantly, like, trying, and the father, his father-in-law's like, you know, the little lights, they aren't twinkling. Thanks for noticing, Ed. <laughs> and those four are all classic, you know, I guess, 40s actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, all of them. Like, uh, in fact, uh, Ed, is that his name? The Her father in the show is E.G. Marshall, who was one of the jurors in uh, 12 Angry Men. Oh, nice. He was juror six, who I think was the one that was like the like the main one that they were trying to convince, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen it in a while. But, you know, all these people just were, they, the cast of this movie is great. Yeah. And like, they apparently didn't really even write jokes for a lot of this movie. Because the, the director, like, it's his first, look at all the people he's working with, and it's his first feature. So he's just like, these are who your characters all are, act how you would act. So there's a, a very large amount of stuff that's just... Ad-lib? Ad-lib, yeah, completely. Like, even, even little things, like, I mean... Like I said, Randy Quay went a little nuts. Um, he a liked little? <laughs> have you seen the video? <laughs> I have not. Almost like Gary Busey level nuts? <sighs> More like Unabomber nuts. Oh, like okay. He lives in like a cabin somewhere, I think. And he's got like a giant beard. And for some reason, he put out a, a very furry porno movie that I didn't realize was a porno movie. I thought it was just him being wacky. And then all of a sudden, he starts like having sex. And I was like, whoa! I'm at and work. We're gonna get. So rid I watched of that. 30 minutes of it before I was like, "Yeah, this is actually a porn." And then, <laughs> and then, you can't even do the porn right. Then I called my therapist. So I'd like to to forget the last 30 minutes of my life. Can you do that? No. Um. Yeah, just throw yourself down the stairs. Yeah. So, like, even like when he uh, picks up the sled, when it's like in the garbage. After the after there's like the mm -hmm. hole in the bottom, it kind of looks at it like that wasn't scripted. Like there's just little things here and there 
where it's just ad libbed, and they're like, "Okay, stayed in character, keep going." Nice. Yeah. The the one part it's funny because there's one part that freaks me out every time I watch this movie, and it's when the ladder falls when he's standing on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't actually fall. He just slides down. Yes, like yeah, because it's like an expandable ladder, and then it goes down. And like I think about how much that would fucking hurt if your fingers were holding on to the things and they like uh-huh. went b- past the bottom rungs. Well, I I think about how much it would hurt if you were on it and it slid down and slammed to a stop. That would kill my back. Yeah, true, true. Just in general, like oh, I'm so I'm so effing old. Because there was another part in this movie that I was like. I was more focused on Jesus. Chevy's pretty old in this scene. How the hell is he kneeling on that sled? Because I can't, I can't kneel and lean back anymore. If I'm kneeling oh, on my knees, oh. I'm leaning forward, and I'm like, how the hell is he kneeling on? Oh that yeah, sled? when he's like that one shot where he's kind of like spinning around as he goes down the hill. Yeah, yep. and I'm like, how is he kneeling on that sled? I'd never be able to do that because <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, no, I thought you were going to say when the, I mean, it was a stunt person, obviously, but when he's watching the home movies and the, and he's sitting on the attic door and he falls, to, <laughs> it opens up mm-hmm. like, yeah, but uh, no, that anything like we just got to talk about the Christmas light scene because I think people now on average try to do the Griswold thing because, you know, like every, every neighborhood has that one house that's like all mm-hmm. of the lights, but back yeah. then it was a little, you know. Not a lot of people did that. Right. And well, there also weren't as many plugs as what we have now in houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had you had those monstrosities where you had like sixteen different extension cords plugged into one socket. And that like the T shaped one that like Yeah, total fire hazard. Yeah, as like this is moderately depressing, but as like some relatives have passed away, you get that like Tupperware bin full of those little T shaped things that were made in like the sixties. Uh-huh. You're like, well, oh, you should save those. You could use those. I'm like, no. <laughs> like the plastic is crumbling as you, like that brown plastic is like crumbling as you hold it. Yeah. Or it's like turned into that sticky whatever. Yeah. They, so that whole sequence is beautiful. Where he's trying to make the, this is, it takes place over a couple sequences, but you know, they, the giving the kid the giant knot of lights. Like I've lived mm-hmm. that obviously. Untie this. <laughs> the trying to have the most lights ever, the, you know, the light's not working after you plug them all in and being like, what, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I checked every one of these. And then it just being a switch that's not on or some yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Hughes, when he writes stuff, he's really good at writing the escalating joke. Where something builds and builds and builds and builds, and then there's a letdown. So, like, you see the lights, you're waiting for it to be the best thing ever. You know, do the drum roll. And then singing joy to the world and then nothing. So I, I personally laughed out loud when he goes to plug it in or the lights came on and then they cut off and everybody comes out and they're not looking at it and he freaks out and then he goes over and attacks Santa Claus and the reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. He just runs right over and just kicks Santa Claus, doesn't know what else to do. And then he's like slapping the reindeer on the heads and shit. Yeah, he like, well, if you look at the scene, the scene's I, this is another one they talked about because he punches Santa first mm-hmm. normally. Like in real life, he punched Santa first. He broke his fist. Like he broke his pinky finger. Oh, really? So then they redid it to where he was like kicking. So if you really look closely at points, there's like stuff that's already broken 
before he gets there because he punched it and broke his finger. Um, and you can actually kind of tell when he did it because he like has like a like his he kind of makes a face when he does it. But yeah, when he's freaking out and breaking all the stuff, and then like of course the reindeer and Santa are like in the the garbage the next day. Like there's the garbage pile slowly getting bigger. Um, this is the, I mean, the light the reindeer were already broke once. Did you notice that? Uh, uh-uh. when Johnny Galecki brought him out and he's like, where do you want him? He says, just put him in the lawn. And he goes, bloop, like the, <laughs> the legs, the back legs on one of the reindeer broke off because <laughs> they were laying there separately. I was like, Oh shit, that's broke. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. See, every time I watch it, you'll notice something different. The, uh, when they do the, the the lights thing, of course, as I said, it happens in a bunch of different things. But this is when you really kind of see the in-laws being like, you know, really not respecting anything he's trying to do for the family. Just the fact that he mm-hmm. failed, it's like, you know, starts off and the in-laws are like, it was a sea son to the, the grandkids. See what a waste of resources this has been. And the daughter being sweet is kind of like, well, he tried. He worked really hard, Grandpa. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, while they're all out there doing the the thing, and it finally works, Cousin Eddie shows up and like, that looks beautiful, Clark. And he's, Eddie? So you get yeah. introduced to the non-insane yet, well, the actual acting insane Cousin Eddie. What's funny is when he starts chiming in on the commentary at this point, and you can kind of see stuff being a little weird in the commentary because he's like normal for most of it but every once in a while he's like where is this movie set again where is that house supposed to be like chicago like everyone knows that all john hughes movies especially if you're in one that it's supposed to be chicago and like there's just little things here and there you're like oh there's something going on with him um well but that might be him that might also be him playing to the joke of where's this movie supposed to be? No, no, because, he like, didn't actually know. Like he was because happy. every movie is set in Chicago, and that yeah. might be the joke. Oh no, no, it's there's there's a conversation about it. No, oh. because this where uh, uh, what's her face is like. You seriously didn't know? He's like, I I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> ah, oh, Randy. Yeah. Um, when they when he asked the kid to help him like check the lights, um, Johnny Galecki's that he actually got a chance to ad lib here. And he was like, I got to go to bed, brush my teeth. And, uh, Oh, I still have all that homework to do. He says he has to feed the hogs, which was like his ability to like, he would work. He workshopped a bunch of lines with Chevy chase mm-hmm. about that. And that's, you know, one of the things they were kind of working on together, which I thought was neat. I got to um, feed the hogs. And... This, uh, let's do some cousin Eddie stuff. Cause it, do you have a cousin Eddie in your family? Maybe um, not, no, not even actually. that crazy. Wow, that's good. Like the ne'er do well that's good natured but always getting themselves into trouble. I don't. I I do, but it's not that type. Well, Mine is my brother. Might qualify. He's, he seems to be doing okay. <laughs> he's good natured. He does seem to get himself into trouble though. Huh, well. Now my, my the cousin Eddie in my family, I'm not really close with him, but he's he's kind of the other direction. He's the the overeducated person that can't really find himself versus like the undereducated person. Cause like that whole thing about like, yeah, he doesn't really have a job. It's been, it's he's been holding years. out for a management position. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, that's kind of the, the one person in my family that's like, 
he's you know he's got five master's degrees. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Well, you know, he hasn't found the right position yet. He just wants to get paid for traveling. No, <laughs> get a job, you bum. Yeah. Like, oh, why don't you hang out with so and so? Because I don't want to. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good old cousin Eddie. With his family, the good-natured I – mean, he's good-natured, but the good-natured Catherine, his poor kids uh, – I forget the boy's name all the time – with his lip fungus. Mm. Ruby Sue, who was kicked in the head by a mule. The Fell dog, in a well. Yeah. yeah. Was it kicked in a mule, his eyes go across, falls no, in a no, well. No. F- falls in a well. well and her eyes crossed. Got kicked by a mule and they straightened back out. Yeah. Uh, snot. Damn this thing. The, the dog with a sinus problem. And has a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he lays you know, into his messages, let him finish. <laughs> his uh, clothes are always one or two sizes too small. And throughout the movie, he did keep a an Evian bottle in his pants leg to try to, <laughs> so that he had a giant schlong. Um, and they referenced it. The, the wife of the boss references it. He's like, there's this huge man with bulges. With bul- just a bulging man. <laughs> And, um, of course, uh, he shows up with his motorhome, which is pretty much character in itself, that he empties the the motorhome into the, the chemical toilet. <laughs> Shitter's full. Shitter was full. The dopey-ass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, tuba version. It's great. Uh, and it's just I get basically the whole, the real gist of this whole storyline. This movie's weird because it's not, it doesn't have, like, really one storyline. It's just, like, it's snippets of a life or of a mm-hmm. Christmas season, which I, which is why I like it. And one of the stories is of course that cousin Eddie doesn't have any money and wants, so Christmas is going to be canceled for his family. So Clark being the good nature, trying to help out, he decides to pay for the Christmas stuff, which of course, hey. Eddie, well, no, he, he decides to, or he wants to buy the kids Christmas presents and Eddie gives him a list and is like, yeah, Catherine wants this. I would like one of these, and the kids would like these. And you know what? Why don't you go ahead and spring for something nice for yourself? I want to get yes. you something real nice. And I didn't notice this the first couple times I watched this movie. Did you catch when they're shopping what's happening? All the dog food that he's putting in the cart? It's all dog food, but every time Clark puts something in the cart that's fragile, it gets smashed with dog food. Yeah. And if you listen to it like... I think I didn't really notice it until it had better um, like sound because you could hear like the light. He buys light bulbs and immediately gets smashed by the the hungry dog dog food. It's like dog biscuits and mm-hmm. three ba- three thirty pound bags of dog food and whatever. <laughs> that is actually the first time I really saw a Walmart in a movie. Yeah, or... like in general, like I don't think we had them down here yet. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, he definitely didn't have them in Pittsburgh. I moved. I moved to Florida in '88, and they did not have them in Pittsburgh. It was all Kmart up there and Hills. Oh, that that Walmart down on Linton was there forever, as long as I could remember. Yeah, Linton and Military. I don't remember it being there, but that for so for me at least, that's I I think that was the first time I ever saw a Walmart. Like the hmm. this the sled scene, and then of course they technically filmed the other part inside of that Walmart. Um, Cause I guess, but it had to be in, that was in Breckenridge cause there was snow, like actual snow. Um, so I don't know if they had been up in where, where's Walmart's from like Arkansas, I think. Do you think it would actually have been in Florida before it was there? But um, 
anyway, uh, the heart of this movie to me is really uh, Clark's desire to be with his, you know, with his family and to make the mm-hmm. perfect Christmas. And you kind of see this when he goes up into the attic, gets locked up there, and starts watching old family movies. Yeah, and it's now yeah, I gotta I gotta ask a question because he spent the first part of it walking on the beams mm-hmm. and then later he's just for no reason stepping on the flat part. And I'm like, well, now you know what's going to effing happen. Why are you doing that? And then he stood on it. I'm like, and he breaks through and he breaks. Well, and then I'm like, well, you've already broken through. You may as well get out of the damn attic. Yeah. That's like the one part I have problem with this before he even watches the movies. He, he does step on the beams. He, you see him stepping on the, like he's careful, but he steps on the the drywall, and he falls through. Well, well, but when he first goes up there, he's very careful to stay on the beams. Yeah. And the thing that's like funny is like he there's clearly holes because he falls through over the bunk bed, and he puts his hands and he's like warming himself from the heat yeah. from the house coming up. And I'm like, you're already the ceiling's already broke, Joe. You may as well just climb on down. Yeah. Yeah. So like the there's like two little errors. I forget what the other one is, but I'm like. Nope. Uh, yeah. So he's do he does this this lead thing or the uh, the haddock thing. He watches the old family movies. You can actually see some of the the actors playing their parts and stuff. You can actually see how Uncle Lewis is an asshole even then. Yeah. Um, Grace, give me my stogie. <laughs> You're not doing anything. Go get my stogie in the family room. As he's cleaning up copious quantities of garbage. Yeah. Um, then of course, you know, t- this is another John Hughes thing where they build up something sweet and super sweet and it's nice and it's beautiful. And then she, they, he's been sitting on the door of the attic, which I talked about. Someone opens it up and he falls right at the peak of the sweetness. And like, this is one of those things they do in Marvel movies a lot where mm-hmm. if anything is, becomes too serious and too lovey dovey, they'll have like a joke happen. You know, the Hulk will punch someone or whatever. I, I can't think of any offhand, but like Marvel movies are really good at this. Mm-hmm. Where if anything gets too over the top sentimental, they like immediately cut it with a joke. Um, and they, you know, such John Hughes thing that I'm starting to realize after reading a bunch of stuff about him. Um, let's talk about. Is your house on fire, Claw? No, Bethany. Those are Christmas lights. Don't throw me down, Claw. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. Is this the airport, Claw? We're here. Hey, Grizz, me and Bethany figured out the perfect gift for you. Oh, Uncle Lewis, you didn't have to buy me anything. Damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. Oh, that was fun. I love riding in cars. When did you move to Florida? Ellen, are you still dating Clark? Oh, Aunt Bethany. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? We got to talk about Bethany and Uncle Lewis. <laughs> Bethany, would you say Grace? The blessing. He wants you to say the blessing. He's pointing at his mouth. And uh, I, I'm like, why the hell is he pointing at his teeth? He's like, look the at my blessing. mouth. blessing. Just uh, character acting. Grace died 30 years ago. So the actress that plays Bethany, do you know who that is? Did you say it was Mae Kestel? It is Mae Kestel, but do you know who that she actually is? Yeah, she's Mae Kestel. She is the voice of Betty Boop and of Olive Oil. 
Oh, no shit. Yep. So she was the original Betty Boop in the original Olive Oil. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was actually significantly older than Lewis. Lewis was only 52 in that movie. Are um, you serious? Yeah, which is why they had him in the family movies, because he could play older and younger. Uh, he had just won, apparently. He had just won an Academy Award or nominated for one, maybe one, for Prizzy's Honor, which I've not seen. Oh, wow. Like three years before. But when they first get there, if you look carefully, the camera is shaking a little bit because while they were filming that scene in California, that is the back lot, there's an earthquake. Really? And so when they first walk into the house, you can see the camera's a little like shaky. It's because it was the tail end of a small earthquake. Um, so they're asking. And they didn't reshoot it. They just used the footage. It just they cut they cut it tight. Um, apparently, yeah. It's just because there was so much craziness at that scenes when everyone's you know, and they're all getting in the house. That I one of my favorite lines in this entire movie is "Is your house on fire, Clark?" Because <laughs> of all the Christmas lights. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I I liked the go say hello go say hello to everybody hello everybody you oh, I should say it oh, he- hello hello everybody <laughs> I was like oh my god because everybody has a family member at one point or another that's like that mm-hmm. and you know they're just and she's course, so she's- sweet and just so not there yeah <laughs> like oh they don't have a lot of money she just wraps up things from the house and like. The one box with a cat. The cat, yeah. And then her, this this one's leaking. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> he freaking sticks his finger in it and puts it in his mouth. Well, why? No, she, no, she puts her finger in it. So oh, Ellen yeah. puts her finger in it. And he, and he and, licks her finger. And Eddie immediately licks her finger. And that was completely ad-libbed. But it was so perfect to that character. Because he's constantly kind of hitting on her. Through like briefly throughout the all the movies that he's in with her. Uh, of course, they those two characters were coming over for uh, for the dinner, Christmas Eve dinner, mm-hmm. and they have a uh, the turkey from hell where <laughs> they cut cut into it. It's a stunt turkey. It cracks open, and there's that little puff of smoke. <laughs> Why are you crying? But if you when they do that scene around the table, like if you look at every one of the characters, they're all doing something different. They're all just ad libbing something. <laughs> yeah, chewing Ellen, on the on the rubber turkey. One of the kids is like throwing stuff. The uh, if you the look mom at- is dipping it in her water, or Chevy's Chevy's mom is dipping it in her water glass. <laughs> uh, Ellen puts it on her fork, and before she puts her fork in her mouth, she flips it over her shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this leads to remember there was a cat in the box. They let the cat out of the box. This was actually one of those things that they people in the studio wanted to take out. They wanted to get rid of the killing of the cat, the electrocuted really? cat. But it tested so well with crowds where everyone thought it was hilarious. And they realized also in they've killed an animal in every one of the um, National Lampoon's movies, I think. Yeah, they drug a dog behind the car. Yep. In one of them, there was a dog. There was a something with a horse, I think. And they also had a dog fall off the Eiffel Tower in European vacation. Mm. I haven't seen some of the other ones, but... It's not healthy to be a Griswold pet. No, it is not. Uh... If, if that sucker had nine lives, he just spent them all, eh, Clark? <laughs> there, there was a squirrel later on, because, you know, the tree gets destroyed. There's a squirrel later on. They tra- they As they were filming for three whole months, they were training the squirrel to run away from the dog and to do certain things. And squirrels are dumb, so it took three months to do it. 
the day they were going to film that shot, the squirrel was, they went to get the squirrel and the squirrel was dead. Oh my God. In like real life. So they had to use a completely untrained feral squirrel. So if you look, a lot of times the squirrel is just like fur on like a something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just a great movie. So basically we're, we're, we're building up to this point here where Clark finally has enough his trees on fire. Everything is tried is ruined. He's about to freak out. And then the doorbell, there's someone knocks on the door and it's the fine. It's the delivery. For and Clark. it's the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. For Clark Christmas. Cause the guy doesn't know his name and it's supposed to be the Christmas bonus. And he's so excited. And fell between the seats. I'm sorry. And here's the build up, you know, guys, I was going to tell you about this on Christmas day, but since it's here, so I've been under a lot of stress. You know, I'm gonna if there's any money left over, I'm gonna bring you all down and blah, blah, blah. I'll put it in a pool. Yeah. <gasps> a pool! Oh my They're god! They're all excited. He opens it up, and of course, it is a subscription, the Jelly of the Month Club. Yeah. Gift that's that the gift that keeps on giving all year round, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and Clark has the most epic uh, breakdown of all time in movies which you'll hear here. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Uh, he, to memorize that, he actually, if you look at the scene, he actually has cue cards tied to the front of all of his family members. And he's looking at each of them as he's reading it. Oh, so he, wow. he ad-libbed it, but it, he had key words that he wanted to say. So he did that. So if you watch his eyes, he's kind of darting around. Um, he freaks out and he says that he wants Frank Shirley, his boss, brought to them. Eddie is like, oh, you I know, can do that. I can do that. Yeah. I have a heart. I love my cousin. So I'm going to go do this. Goes and kidnaps the boss, brings him back. And the movie culminates with the SWAT team kicking in the door to rescue the boss. And turning on the boss. Yeah, I'd be like, that's for, low, for, mister. <laughs> if I canceling. wasn't a cop, I'd, I'd slap you right now. He's like, no, it's fine. So he, Clark gets his bonus, theoretically gets his pool. And the movie culminates with a big party with the police. Frank Shirley, the his wife, and all of the family members. Uh, and it was uh, this movie uh, made. It was made for twenty five million dollars. It made seventy three point three million in the theater the first run. It's in the theater right now. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's excellent. And it's been playing. It got purchased. I think they said by NBC two years after it was in the theater, and it has been renewed every year since. Um, it is like definitely up there in Christmas classics with, you know, uh, it's what else? Uh, What's a wonderful life and Christmas story and elf. Now, mm-hmm. uh, if you look all time, it is the 792nd film all time, but box office at the moment with, uh, modern dollar figures, of course. And back in 1989, the week that this came out, these are the things that happened. 
Ready? Mm-hmm. There's some stuff you're going to like in this one, I think. Ooh. Uh, Romanian five-time Olympic gold medal winning gymnast Nadia Comaneci uh, came to New York City requesting political asylum, and he got it granted. Uh, Queen Latifah released her first album, All Hail the Queen. Uh, The Little Mermaid soundtrack was also released. Oh, nice. Uh, Bush and Gorbachev announced that the Cold War is officially over this week. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It was before then, but yes, we'll go with that. Uh, the albums, or the, the songs that were number one, or the, the top five songs. We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel was number Ooh. one. Another Day in Paradise. By, it's one of the rare ones that I actually knew all the songs. Uh, Another Day in Paradise, Phil Collins, number two. Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli was number oh two. Oh my god! Yep. We've talked about Millie Vanilli a lot on this podcast. Uh, it's Just the Way That You Love Me by Paula Abdul. And I don't know much... But I know I, I love, love you. That's Linda that Ronstadt with Aaron Neville. I didn't realize that. I thought that song was older, actually. I didn't realize that was the late 80s. So those were the songs. Um, I put in number six as well because I like that song, Back to Life by Soul to Soul. Back to life. Yeah, right? Like, it's weird that, like, all of these songs we kind of know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if there's if you told me, like, what are the top ten songs from, like, last year, I wouldn't know that, any of them. Shit, I wouldn't know any of them. Yeah. Uh, albums number one was Stormfront. Girl, you know it's true by Millie Vanilli was number two. Rhythm Nature, Rhythm Na- Nature, Rhythm Jay Nation. Jackson. Yep, Forever Your Girl, Paul Abdul. Yep, and Hanging Tough. New Kids. Yep, was number five. No shit. Is it bad that I knew all of those? No. Uh, the movie Maybe charts. The, new kids. the week this movie came out, it landed number two. Number one. You've mentioned it this week and last week. What is it? Number one. I mentioned it this week? Yep. It's a sequel. Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> Back <laughs> to the Future 2? Yeah. Back okay. to the Future was number one. Uh, Harlem Nights was number three. Steel Magnolias was number four. And Little Mermaid was still holding on. for. It was actually at number five, but it was out in week three. So it's kind of interesting that it fell that far by week three. Usually the Disney movies had a little more. Um, Thank di- little. It was a different era, though. Because mm-hmm. there weren't as many movies, so a lot of, and I guess a lot of people saw them early on. So that was going on in the world when this movie came out. And now I think, do you have anything else to say about the best one of the best Christmas? Well, for me, the best Christmas movie ever made. I'll just say that. It's it's an enjoyable watch. Like I said, I I didn't I when I found out I didn't have it, I was like, oh, I know it's got to be in the stores. I'm running out to get it. Because I wasn't, I couldn't get it on Amazon Prime because yeah. you had you had to do it with stars. So it's not anything that you could like rent. It was part of a package if you bought like a, a movie thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if, if Amazon's doing that, I'm not going to be able to find it anywhere else. But it's freaking Christmas time and I know it's going to be out on the shelf. So I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, it was weird because I always used to go out and try to like when I didn't, when I had it just on VHS, I went out to get it. And right around Christmas, like you expect it to be in one of those little cardboard cutout things. Mm-hmm. for like nine ninety nine or whatever yeah. and it was like when i went to get it it was like 15.99 like, are you kidding me so, like, then you, so then i waited until like february and was like yeah, i'm gonna need this i bought it next year for like 5.99 mm-hmm. but uh you know it is a uh if you have not seen it just go watch this movie there's a million ways to watch it. it's gonna be on tv in the next couple days anyway probably um or uh just borrow my copy 
uh, as I said, this is a tradition. We started talking about traditions, and in lieu of a regular give me five question, I've decided that our question should be a um, traditional question. Just, I, I want to know your guys' traditions out there, and I want to know our listeners' traditions. Uh, for, Specifically for Christmas? For, for Christmas, yeah, or Hanukkah, of course. Um, we did get a couple of listener answers here, so I'll have to... Uh, I will have to talk about those as well. You know, what things that you feel like doing every Christmas. So um, let's start off with our listeners. Okay. This one, I, one of them I, I will read. This one came in from Jubal. He might have been kidding, but I'm reading it anyway because it was funny. <clears throat> Jubal's top five Christmas and Hanukkah traditions. One of our patrons. Number five, avoid family. Number four, get yelled at by his family for avoiding them. Okay. Number three, preach Festivus and how it's better than any other holiday. Number two, surf and turf dinner for one on Christmas Eve. That that Jubal's does like to eat himself some tur- surf and turf dinner. Who does? And number one, Chinese food and movies on Christmas Day. That is how you know he is Jewish. <laughs> and that's the only place that's open. Yep. And we know that from what movie? Uh, is it? The Seth Rogen movie? No. Uh, what? I, I know it, but I just don't remember. Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. When the bumpus dogs come through and destroy their turkey dinner, they go out to dinner the only place it's open on Christmas, and that's the Chinese place. Uh, yeah. Check the harsh with bars of hurry. Ba, ra, 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 ra. It's true. If I'm, there's no real good Chinese food place near me in Orlando. I, gotta, I think I'm actually going to go all the way out to, like, I drive pick up some good stuff this mm. year so that's that um i am going to queue up another one this one is from adriana hopefully i can get this to play because i didn't it just came in like she literally sent it as we were rambling on nice so this works hey guys it's adriana okay so about the traditions for christmas um Christmas here is kind of different for my family and I. It doesn't feel the same like back in Ecuador. But um, what we, I don't I actually, I didn't even put it in categories or like in the list or anything. I'm just going to tell you what we do. Um, what we usually do is um, we, you know, cook the meals, whoever's house we're going to go to, bring all the food. We kind of get together really late and start partying. Um, then uh, everybody's drinking, dancing, singing, whatever. We keep the kids up late, like up awake the whole night and um we um after dinner and whatever uh we um open presents at midnight we don't do the whole wait till the morning to see the presents from 10 o'clock which kind of takes away the magic really but when you're little i guess you don't really think about it that way you get to a house that has a whole bunch of presents and your parents are bringing presents themselves and everybody just puts them under the tree and then we open them all together at midnight so i know it's a bit different i don't think very many people do that. Actually, I don't know if there any other nationalities that do that as well. But um, yeah, that's basically what we do. We just party and party and party, stay up till midnight, keep the kids awake, keep the fall asleep to wake them up. And then we um, open the presents at midnight and keep on partying until like whenever people drop, five, six, whatever time in the morning. Damn. That's the thing to do. I don't know if this is good, but that's what we do. Sorry. Love you guys. Oh, it was so fantastic, fantastic to finally 
meet you guys. Aww. I was so excited. I'm in love. Aww. I'm in love with you guys. And Jimmy. We love you too. Okay. Bye. That was Adriana. Thank you so much. That's the one thing I don't. I don't. I've never got a chance to do. I've never. When I was a kid, I didn't get that run downstairs and open up the big, the giant pile of presents and get that like overwhelming present gasm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, which is fine, you know. I did Hanukkah, so we got the one present a night. But of course, you get like, like you know, the GI Joe hovercraft, which is like the big present, and then. Some of the other nights, it's like, oh, Underoos. <laughs> Yay! You get the, the in one day, you get the Sky Striker, and the, the other days, it's like, stuff you need, you know? And if you pick the wrong present, you're kind of screwed, because you're like, I remember a couple days where I had opened up, um, I insisted to open up this one present that was flat, and it was um, the light bright inserts, and I didn't have a light bright yet, because I hadn't opened that present yet. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> they were GI Joes. So I thought they were cool, but like uh, just a bunch of black paper. So, but anyway, thank you. A- thank you, Adriana. It was lovely meeting you as well. And uh, it'll happen again someday when there's not a plague. Yes. So I guess I'll go now. Okay. Uh, first of all, just a little one. It's not really part of it. But I, as soon as Christmas comes around, I do have to listen to Red Water by Typo Negative, the most depressing Christmas song ever, as we talked about last year, actually, when we talked about uh, Christmas songs. Uh, number five, this actually happened this evening. I didn't get a chance to partake because I was preparing a podcast. But uh, my son has a book. It's an Elmo book that has a recipe in the back of it for Christmas cookies. And he has made Christmas cookies every year since he could, since we first read him that book, probably he was about two years old. So they, we make Christmas cookies for Santa. That is my number five. Nice. Uh, my number four, this reminded me of, you reminded me of this one, actually. Uh, every year they do release a Lego Christmas house. And my, hmm. I love the tree. I love lights. I love that. I think the Christmas village is such a cool thing. Like you talked about putting up the Christmas village with your mom. Like there's just something cool about each new piece that comes out. Is it one of those that you guys have? Like the, the one that you, you buy a new piece every year kind of thing? Yeah, so like you know, they released the toy shop and then the bakery, you know. So there's Lego ones of those, and there's there's usually one out a year, and they sell the one from the previous year, but that's it, and they're gone. Um, so I started collecting those, and every year putting that out is my number four. Make a little scene this year. I hid as many Star Wars characters in my Christmas village as possible. Nice. And the other part of that tradition is I've got a toy, uh, the Yeti from uh, is it from Rudolph? Is that the Yeti? Yeah. Um, I have a toy Yeti. It's a little bigger. So my wife has the Yeti attacking one of the houses every year um, and holding one of the little Lego guys in his hand, putting it in his mouth. So every year my wife destroys my Christmas village with the Yeti because she's a monster with no soul. Um, I already mentioned this 800 times. Number three, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Watch every year, uh, usually New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve, but this year I had to watch it for the show. Number two, my dad's big tradition was we would get hot chocolate. This is in Pittsburgh. We had to drive because it was freezing. But we would drive around with hot chocolate and look at Christmas lights. I know everyone probably does that, but we would do that now. Now we're in Florida, so it's not freaking cold. So we walk around the neighborhood and go up to uh, other neighborhoods and drink hot chocolate and look at Christmas lights. And being a good little Jew, Christmas Day, 
the most boring day ever for Jewish children. Chinese food and movies. I'm not sure what we're doing this year, but you get. How about Chinese food and movies? I'm not going to theater. I'm going to probably watch uh, Wonder Woman on t- on HBO Max since it will be out in my house. So it'll technically be Chinese food and movies, but there, as you know, there is something about the going to the movies on the movie theater in general that's a special thing. So that would be my number one Christmas tradition. Rob, Thanks. what are yours? I don't know that I've got five, but it's fine. I. Is it just because you don't want to talk about when you rape the Christ- the Christmas goat? It, well, that's that's true. I have to leave that one out for my my lawyer said I shouldn't discuss that. Yeah. Okay. So, every year for Christmas morning, my mom makes cinnamon rolls. Now they're not like made from scratch or anything, but we always have like like Grandpa and Santa Jaws. Yes, <laughs> we always have cinnamon rolls Christmas morning. And that's something that, that, you know, my mom has done every year as long as I can remember. And that was just, that's just been a thing. Recently, we've started doing for Christmas dinner. We, Jen has to make Ponset. That's, that's become a thing. So we, we work together to make the Ponset, which is a Filipino dish, which is freaking delicious. I believe you've had some, haven't you, Greg? Multiple times. Yeah. I also try to, always try to, if not actually sit down and watch it at some point. It's on all friggin' day, so I have an opportunity to watch it. And that's Christmas Story. Never seen that movie all the way through. I do very much enjoy A Christmas Story. It's one that I'll sit down and watch at least once every year. I've seen the entire movie. I've just never seen it beginning to end. All the way through. Right. I thought I had one more, but I, I've got the my number one is going to be the Christmas Village. My my mom and I do that every year, and every year we go and get a new house to add to it. And so the the village has grown fairly significantly, but we we've added to it every year, and every year we pull it out of the attic and set it up and. Then I leave, and then she has to take it down. <laughs> uh, how many? How many boxes? How many? What are we looking at here? Uh, right now, I want to say we're in the neighborhood of like ten Tupperware containers. Damn. Between between all the houses and all the extra people and stuff, we're at like ten somewhere in there. Ten Tupperware containers. Impressive. Yeah, I'm concerned. My next house is gonna um, is gonna out. Make my, it's gonna push me to four Tupperware containers, like the big ones. And, mm-hmm. I have con- and they're Lego, so you can't stack. So, I have, I have my concerns on that one. That's oh yeah, because you you can't you don't have the opportunity to put them back in a box. Yeah, because the the houses that we buy go back into their styrofoam containers. They go back in their box, and then yeah. we can stack them. I got like this, and I'm hesitant to build it because when I do, I'm out of space. Yeah, I'm kind of also out of space to put it to, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think that takes us out. It does. So, and of course, my other tradition, my other tradition is making up Christmas traditions to torture Rob during a quiz. Because I'm effing terrible at it, apparently. Yeah. So Merry Christmas, everybody! Thank you for listening. 
If you'd uh, we, like to reach out and talk to us, you can find us at GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can go right to our website. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMe5Pod, or you can just email us directly, GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com. Please, guys, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your Christmas traditions, your holiday traditions. We'd love to hear if there's anything you'd like us to review. If you've got a terrible movie that you think we need to watch, let us know. And as always, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It does help us move to the top of the list. It helps other people find us, and it helps us stand out. Nice. So uh, next week, so usually we put out two episodes. This week we're putting out one episode because of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's not going to be the weirdness won't be over. We are going to have we are going to jump back to two episodes, but those two episodes will be our end of the year top fives. I uh, will send out that little list now. Of course, it's going to be very strange because there weren't a lot of movies in theaters, so we're going to have to kind of determine movies, streaming, all that stuff. But we will get to that. Um, so you will find out what we thought were the best books, movies, video games, all of that stuff uh, at the end of the year. And uh, that's what uh, you have coming up, uh, I guess, next Wednesday. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, and Merry Christmas. Ho. This is going to be the hap hap happiest podcast ever of since. The year. No, you're ruining my quote. Sorry. Now, if you, now you got me all off, and now, <laughs> God damn you, Rob! <laughs> I'm here for you, bro. Anyway, line. <laughs>